series on all things dementia. My name is Neela and today we are going to be looking at the most common types of dementia, finding out a brief history, what is happening in the brain with these different types and what are the most common signs and symptoms for each one. Now this is a massive amount of information so we've decided to separate it into two episodes. So in this episode, part one, we are taking a look at the two biggest ones, Alzheimer's dementia and vascular dementia. And to tell us all about these, I'm going to be welcoming back Claire. So welcome, Claire. Thank you, Neela. It's great to be back with you again. Um, And as I just said to you, I think I'm going to be a little bit rebellious with this today, but I wanted to talk about the different types of dementia that people may be presented with at diagnosis. But I want us to remember the whole way through that every person who lives with dementia is an individual. And here at the Dementia Well, we prefer to see everyone as just that, someone who has lived and continues to live as best as they can. And we prefer a completely individualised approach rather than labelling people with this diagnosis. But we've got to get through all the medical jargon so as we know what we're talking about. So here we go. First of all, it's not a new thing. Dementia, or senile dementia as it used to be known, has been written about and talked about for over 100 years, but perhaps was not as common back then because, to be honest, people didn't live as long, and they didn't live long enough to develop some of the symptoms that we see today. But today, as people are living longer, more people will unfortunately see a decline in the function of their brains and will live with a little bit of a cognitive disability. So, let's start with... Alzheimer's disease. Statistically, this is the most common form of dementia. It was first discovered, here's the history lesson now, Neil, you see, you knew you invited me for a reason. <laughs> it was first discovered by Dr. Alois Alzheimer in 1906. He had a patient who had an unusual mental illness, including memory loss, difficulties with language and speech, and she had some unpredictable behaviour. So when she died, Dr. Alzheimer discovered in a post-mortem examination that there were changes to her actual brain tissue. He found abnormal clumps and bundles of tangled fibres, try saying that five times quickly, (laughs) amongst the brain tissue. These tangles and plaques of protein are characteristics of Alzheimer's disease, but to be honest, they can often only be seen at post-mortem examinations, leaving this diagnosis to a series of tests of brain function along with the medical history, which will point to a probable diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease. So inside our brain, there are billions of nerve cells called neurons, which deliver messages to all parts of our bodies. With these plaques of proteins, this can disrupt the normal passage of these messages from the brain to the different parts of the bodies, of the body, sorry. The abnormal proteins are also toxic to the brain, causing chemical changes, which further upset the ability for the messages to pass between the neurons. Depending on which part of the brain is affected, a number of symptoms can be present in Alzheimer's disease. It's thought that the parts of the brain which remember things are affected first, leading first to short-term memory loss, difficulty learning new things, and later the plaques and tangles can affect other parts of the brain sometimes leading to speech and language problems, which it seems like I've probably got today. Um, And eventually long-term memory can also be affected, as can the ability to recognise familiar objects and people. And as we've spoken about before, Naila, eyesight's also affected, again, depending on the area of the brain that has the protein deposits. 
Usually, motor function, the ability to walk and use your limbs, is not really affected in the early to mid stages. So people with Alzheimer's might have trouble planning their lives, preparing meals, managing money, and may become easily disorientated, leading them to become lost and frightened. Changes in how they deal with social situations can also put a strain on relationships, and sometimes it might even seem that their personality has changed a little bit. Anxiety and depression are common, as in the beginning, living with any type of dementia can seem very frightening. Remember, and that's in capital letters on my script, Neil. Everyone's different and not everyone will have all of the symptoms and not everyone will necessarily move from one stage to another in a prescribed length of time. Alzheimer's disease is progressive and there's no cure. Therefore, people living with the condition will face different challenges as different parts of the brain become affected. But like we always say here at the Dementia Well, it is possible to live well with Alzheimer's disease. In people of an earlier age, say about 30 to 60 years of age, developing these types of symptoms can lead to a diagnosis of early onset Alzheimer's disease. This is a rare condition and not something we'll go into in great detail today. Now, the second most common type of dementia would be vascular dementia. Now, anyone that's been listening carefully, and there will be an exam at the end of this, you may notice some similarities as we go through the other common diagnoses. Vascular dementia is caused by damage to the blood supply within the brain. The neurons that we mentioned before need their own supply of blood to work properly, so any interruption in that blood supply will cause them to fail or not to work properly. The main causes of vascular dementia are strokes. When someone has a stroke, either a blood clot stops the blood flow within the brain or a blood vessel ruptures, causing bleeding in the brain, subsequent clots, all sorts of things can go on to cause an interruption to the function of the neurons. And the messages then, again, won't get passed properly from the brain to the body. Sometimes it'll be a big stroke that causes a large amount of damage within the brain. You'll often see this accompanied by weakness to one side of the body and other physical symptoms of a stroke, or several small strokes can also affect the brain, often in different areas of the brain, leading to small disabilities, both physical and within the brain function. Prolonged high blood pressure can also damage the tiny blood vessels inside the brain, leading to little areas of damage. Again, the symptoms largely depend on what area of the brain is affected, just like Alzheimer's disease. The symptoms can come on suddenly if there's been a large stroke, or can be gradual if there's damage from other areas, as we just mentioned. Some common symptoms are confusion, lack of ability to follow instructions, mood or personality changes, problems with movement or balance, and they can even present with tremors. Capital letters again, Neela. Remember, not everyone will have all of these symptoms, and not everyone's experience of living with vascular dementia will be the same. It is possible to live well with vascular dementia. Another problem with these diagnoses and the labels that I can see personally is that often people will be given a double one. Mixed dementia, where the health professional providing the diagnosis thinks that there could be a blood supply issue, plus some protein plaques causing the brain problems and cognitive disability. Most of the literature agrees that the symptoms of many types of dementia overlap and it can be very difficult to distinguish one type from the other. So with vascular dementia, the cause is often a stroke, therefore it's somewhat easier to provide a diagnosis for a person based on their medical history. That was a lot of information, Claire. Thank you. I might have to listen to that again. 
But for now, let's just recap. So Claire first gave us a little history of dementia and then gave us a history of Alzheimer's disease, then moved on to what is happening in the brain with the development of protein deposits called plaques and tangles that interrupt the messages getting through from one area to another, typically affecting the memory centre and then spreading to other parts of the brain as the Alzheimer's progresses. At this stage, there is no cure. And those with Alzheimer's may have trouble with planning, managing money and disorientation. Anxiety and depression are very common, especially in the early stages. All types of dementia are individual and not everyone will have the same symptoms. And each stage varies in length for each person. Claire stressed that people living with dementia can live very well despite having to meet the different challenges along the way. With vascular dementia, Claire discussed that the main cause is stroke, which is either a blockage of the blood flowing or bleeding into the brain. Both stop the messages getting through from the brain to other parts of the body. Prolonged high blood pressure can damage the tiny blood vessels leading to little areas of damage. So get that checked out if you have high blood pressure. Now, depending on where the blockage or bleed is will depend on the signs and symptoms that the person will have, and they can vary greatly. They can come on suddenly or gradually, and some of the symptoms can be confusion, mood or personality changes, and balance problems. And finally, Claire talked about mixed dementia and the signs and symptoms of dementia that will often overlap, and it is difficult to separate out one from another. So I hope you have found this helpful and that you will join us next time for part two where we will be discussing Lewy body dementia, frontotemporal lobe dementia, semantic dementia and a little about alcoholic dementia. So thank you for listening and bye for now.